and hello everyone welcome to another episode of the weekly scoop back from the break happy new year we're gonna get after it we're gonna hit the ground running i got an artist that i want you to meet he's very successful in what he does um he's 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 humble about it but um lane digital art is his name he's great human uh very insightful gives you the truth about nfts and how you know you can utilize them but it's never a guarantee on becoming wealthy off of them so i think he just gives really great perspective on you got to work hard and you got to you know preserve your talent but you can start anywhere and you can start from the bottom and make it to financial freedom in a sense um but yeah super swell dude let's get after it and welcome everyone to another episode i got a special guest here i connected with him on twitter um i actually really have started diving deeper into twitter in terms of interactions because there's a lot of cool people and i know my guests can definitely uh speak to that as well that that you meet uh online so I want to get to know our guests first, but please introduce yourself. Is it Lane? Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. All my uh, Twitter or uh, social media handles are Lane Digital Art, but everyone just calls me Lane. Yeah. Right on. Lane Digital Art. You heard it first. So Lane, um, tell us about yourself. Like, what do you do? What um, what projects are you working on? What are you, what are you active with? Who are you active with in terms of uh, NFTs? And how, how how did that all come about in your life? Ooh, right to the meat, right? <laughs> uh, so I'm a 3D visionary artist. Um, I've been, uh, right now I have an active project, I guess, um, not really working on it per se, but a Supreme Kong NFT. It's a NFT PFP collection that's uh, minting right now. I think they only have like, 1400 mints left until they're sold out so a 10k in the bear market crazy um yeah um but other than that my art i'm sold out for the year um sold out like a week ago or two weeks ago and not minting anything else uh for this year um but i started in october 2020 uh so about two years ago well actually two years ago two years one month um and yeah uh i didn't do art before it um at all well i did for like a year but i was learning um before that i was a salesman for a wine company um i've been in sales my whole life um i've done everything in any industry i mean i've sold solar power i've sold fencing roofing um uh everything but real estate pretty much I've sold it um and uh I just got kind of like burnt out on that um I had a good job though with the wine company I was there that was my last like actual job um I was there for like five years um and then I uh my friend in this space actually he's an artist in the space Glass Crane um he was uh He's been making art for probably, I don't know, 10 years or longer, but I would, uh, he's local to me. I decided to go over his house and <clears throat> watch him make like album covers and just make art or whatever. And, uh, it just interests me. I was like, this is kind of cool. Like that you can just make this stuff on your computer. And, uh, 
I wanted to uh, learn how to do it also. And he said that he would teach me. But, you know, you, I tell that to people, like, all the time. Like, oh, if you want to do this, I can teach you how to do it. And they're like, oh, yeah, I would love to learn. But they never followed through, you know. So, like, I did the same thing. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, I want to learn, but never really followed through. And then um, in 2019, let's say, yeah, I went over there and uh, I was just in, like, a weird void in my life. Like, I don't know what that uh, – what it was, but, uh, I did a psychedelic at there. Uh, I did DMT and, uh, it changed my whole perspective on life. Like everything. Um, I received like, like the entities that approached me and stuff. Like, I guess it like, um, warned me that if I didn't like get my shit straight, like it was not going to be good for me. And, uh, ever since then, like the visuals that I received in my head, like I wanted to replicate those. Like I wanted to learn how to replicate them just to show everybody what I saw. Basically, that's what it felt like. And, um, so I got the programs and I, uh, which was ZBrush first. Um, it's like a 3d sculpting software. And, um, I learned how to do that. I, I went to work every day, just like everybody else. And then when I got off of work, I just hit the YouTube tutorials hard and uh, kept just, you know, fucking around and finding out. Basically, that's basically what I did. Uh, I, did I sucked in the beginning, just like everybody else. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and I would hit Glass Crane up like all hours of the night, like, yo, how do you do this? Or like, I would bug the shit out of him. Sometimes he just wouldn't. He, he's so busy that he couldn't even like helped me. So it made me dive deeper into YouTube tutorials. You know, uh, it's all there at your fingertips, everything, anything you want to learn, it's right there. Um, so 70 hours a week with wine and, uh, learning ZBrush on YouTube. And, uh, after I'd say like six months of that, I, uh, I got pretty good at ZBrush. Um, I'm still learning ZBrush. It's a powerful program. Like I'm not saying that I'm a master by any means. <laughs> there's way too much, way too much stuff to learn on that program. Um, I'm still, still, still heavily learning on that um, every day. But uh, got good with that, and then I broke into Cinema 4D, um, and that's where I learned like lighting and composition and textures, and that's what like really brought my art to life. Um, and then October, 2020, I actually like moved in with glass crane, um, just as like roommates, we've been like boys for like 13 years. So moved in as roommates and he was like, I was like, I, I like walked out to his office cause it was separate. Cause he has like massive computers and all this shit and I couldn't fit there yet. And, uh, he was like talking about minting his artwork on the blockchain and then it's selling on there. And I was like, what, like, what does that even mean? How does that, how does that even work? And he's like, he's like, look, watch, I just put it here. I click the button. I have like a meta mask and it like does it right. And, uh, he was selling for like a hundred bucks, something like that. It was like March. I think it was March, 2019, uh, or 2020, March, 2020. 
and he was selling for like 150 bucks, 160 bucks. But I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. I was like, you think I could do something like that? And he's like, I, he's like, you should try, you know? So I, uh, just kept, uh, learning. Uh, so I probably had about six months into 12 months into ZBrush and six months into, uh, cinema 4d and learning how to do all that. And I minted my first piece in October, 2020. And what an exhilarating moment that was <laughs> just cause like <clears throat> I did, I hadn't even like finally realized that I was even an artist yet. Like I didn't even, I couldn't, I didn't feel comfortable claiming that I was an artist because I was just so new. And like the people that like glass crane hangs out with and like all the artists that he knows are like legends and shit in the whole scene. So mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, this, this fucking dude. Like I wasn't even calling myself lane at this point. Lane's my middle name, by the way. So <laughs> some fictitious name. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, I minted, and then November 6th or 4th, November 6th or 4th, one of those, uh, my piece sold uh, on the blockchain and uh, on Rarible, actually. Um, and I was like, what? Like, someone, like, connected with this? Like, they liked it? Like, they bought it? Like, it's like a, it's a crazy moment when it's your first one. And, like, you never thought that you could do something like that, like... I was still chuck. I was still slinging wine. Like I was still working every day. Like, and uh, like hanging out in like clubhouse rooms. Um, like back then, like it was like the ultimate sacrifice. Everything that I did because I had to work and I worked like long hours. So I would stay up late as shit in these clubhouse rooms with all these like homies. At this point, like they're like your homie. <laughs> it's like clubhouse is like sitting. At like a campfire except for you don't have to wear pants if you don't want to <laughs> like, <laughs> right like it's you're chilling in the living room with all your homies or all these people <laughs> that you really don't know but they can't see you and it's fucking awesome uh so right. i spent like i would stay up till like five in the morning and then like wake up at 6 45 and go to work and it just like it got to the point where I was just like, fuck, I don't want to go to work anymore. Like, I just want to do this. But like, wow. obviously I'm not making enough money off NFTs to do something like that. Um, so like, I just, uh, I kept minting. I probably minted six pieces on uh rareable and, uh, I probably, I don't know. They kept the, the value started rising. Uh, it wasn't like substantial or anything. Uh, but it was, it's, you know, I never, I didn't have that income before. You know, mm -hmm. um, and then I did a collab with Glass Crane, and he was on Super Air, and uh, he had pretty good uh, collector community attached to him, basically. Yeah, because if you don't mind me stepping in, um, Super Rare for those that are still kind of new to NFTs, would you can because I actually posted my first NFT on Rarible that was my first ever one and it sold for like nothing, but it was just cool to like witness that. Um, so first off, congrats on your art and, you know, selling and selling out uh, for this year. That's, that's really cool. And um, so with super rare, would you say super rare is kind of like a higher end, like uh, collection platform, just because from what I've seen and experienced, 
it, that's what it seems like from an outsider's perspective. But what are your thoughts on that? And also that collection of six NFTs you sold, um, was that all just like one collection or were these like separate pieces and like separate. people were just, okay. And people separate were just buying. Pieces. I didn't know what, I honestly didn't know what the, what the hell I was doing back then. Like my first piece, <laughs> like you sell, did you sell your first piece you said? Yeah, uh, I, I, I did. A, it was kind of a meme, actually. I, I took the Wall Street bets emoji and then like I splatter painted it on Procreate and um, I just sold it on Rarible and and it was it was dumb. But like, you know, it was just like me trying to dabble into, oh, this is what NFTs are like as a system. So that's yeah. that's that's why I did it. So your first piece typically is like your most important piece, like it's the piece like <laughs> someone like i mean it it is it, no matter what platform it on it's on or, or not the first one is the most important because it sets the tone for the rest of your career basically now if you if you sell it for nothing but then 10 minutes 20 minutes down the road you become something that one yeah. piece that's like the beginning of everything. And it's, that's the most valuable thing ever. Uh, I didn't know what I was doing back then. I like minted a, a, like 10 editions of one piece and like I sold two of them and then I burned eight of them. And then I had the two. And then the first person who bought my NFT back then, like, I don't think they stuck with NFTs or they knew what, I didn't know who they were. I had no way to contact them or anything, but they re relisted the piece for the same price that they bought it for. And I'm like, that's oh, my wow. first piece, yo. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? I'm selling for way more than that now. Like, what are you, what are you doing? So I'll be, like making this plan, like when I start making some money, I'm going to buy that piece back and burn it and let the other collector have the only one. And uh, somebody actually went and swooped it because they're like, I can't let you burn that. That's like important. I need that. So they went <laughs> and bought it. So I was like, damn it. <laughs> but uh, that's uh, that's an important piece. But super rare to me is like, the, oh. mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah no it is yeah because it's it's the well it's the first platform it's the first one right uh, it's yeah it's it's the original the og of nft platform marketplaces yeah um, known origin came out like two days later or something like that or four days later or 48 hours i don't know you have to fact check me on that but super <laughs> the first one uh i you know, back then I just wanted to be on Super Rare because like all of my friends were on there. Right. Like all, like all the people that uh, I met while I was learning and they were all on there. And I was like, I literally, it used to be an open platform. You could just, just like Rarible, you could just go onto it. It used to be like that. But in like, I don't know when they cut it off. Maybe it was like April or May 2020. They, they, they shut the doors on that. Mm. Uh, I had just missed that point, I guess. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I see big sales happen, you know, everywhere, but it seems like the big majority, um, happen on super rare. And I don't, I don't really know why <clears throat> per se, like, I don't, but the big collectors, the ones that spend it are there for sure. Um, I don't, I don't have none of those collectors, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why they're there. I don't have, I don't have, uh, 
uh, instant, uh, I can't talk to them if I wanted to, you know? So, right. Yeah. I, I, I personally feel the super rare art is better than other platforms just in terms of the quality of it. Like I, I, it's just, it's more abstract and it's a little more thoughtful in my opinion. Um, because everyone wants to use, you know, OpenSea just because it's just, you know, easy to use. Um, but it can get so cluttered that I think it's hard for people sometimes to be able to really sell their projects. Um, where, whereas, you know, like I said, I think Super Rare just like, I, I feel like it's it's the origin for true artists and for artists to, to sell their, their true works on, you know, a, a cent- I guess like a centralized platform in a sense, just because everything's there. Um, but, and then also to, to add, what wine company did you work for? I worked for Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits. Okay. So one of the uh, largest wine distributor in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I do some wine ambassador stuff. So that's why I was curious uh, if we were working for the same company. I work for, uh, Boisset. Um, I mean, I work in technology right now, but you know, the, the dream is to obviously, you know, be fully into, you know, a web three business. But, um, I also like to sell wine on the side. It's just, it's fun. You know, it I like holding things. Yeah, it is really competitive. Like you definitely have to, you really have to like set into a group of people of yeah. a specific group of people. Um, it's mostly there's, uh, what more are you willing to do than the others, your competitors? Yes. And then like relationship building basically. Yes. I mean, I, I was a fucking firecracker in one. Yeah. I was, it was like my, I thought it was me. I thought that was it for me. I was like, <laughs> oh, I can do this all in my sleep. Like I could run circles around all these people all day long and it was good at it and it was fun, but this is way better. So, you know, yeah, no, absolutely. Do you think um, that experience in sales helped shape you with your NFT business as well in terms of creating relationships and, and being able to, uh, I guess, like market yourself and be able to express yourself and, and get that message to other people? No. <laughs> it's different. Uh, yeah. like wine sales, like you're in person with somebody, you know? So like you can, you have all those tools at your disposal, you know, like talking in a Twitter DM is, uh, kind of difficult. Like you can't see them. You don't know, you know, what they're doing, if they're even paying attention to you, you know, like you don't, uh, I, I don't know, like it, selling on here is so weird and like selling your own art, like mm-hmm. so weird and difficult like it's not like it's not like selling a a normal product and i don't know if it's because you have so much like emotion like wrapped into it and it's like something you created or uh i don't know like selling like i don't like i'm not in people's dms selling my art like like hey (laughs) look at my nft buy this like i don't do that like i it's more like uh they reach out to me or um, they bid on it or it's like word of mouth. I think just 
through like retweets. Like I don't run ad campaigns or I don't do any of that. I don't have like a marketing person or anything. It's literally just like retweet until death. Like that's <laughs> pretty much it. Sounds like uh, it sounds like you've attracted your uh, your success. You've kind of manifested it from what I it mean, seems like. Maybe I don't know. I I mean I don't know. I don't know how. I don't. I don't like. I'm not like. I'm. I want to say I'm kind of chill about it. Like I don't like chase people down or like. I don't. I don't do any of that. I don't know. That's a weird one for me. So I don't know how I actually. I don't really know exactly how I do it. I just do it, and I'm. I, but like, I will say like, the uh, like, do whatever it takes to make it happen though like once you are in contact with somebody who's interested i definitely do that like from a business standpoint like i've done it in the past i'm trying i I try my best not to do it because like uh there's a there's a lot of like hidden rules with your pricing and stuff like that uh once Mm -hmm. you start selling stuff um like uh not fucking up your floor value uh, yeah, that kind of thing. Cause you know, if one collector buys an art piece for two ETH and then literally a week later you sell one for one ETH and it's like the same thing kind of, yeah. that other collector is going to be like, well, why the fuck did I pay you two ETH when I could have just paid you one ETH? Right. But then also at the end of the day, like this is a business and this is how, this is my income. And I have to survive. Like I have bills, like you may have paid two ETH, but that might be gone already. You know, like I live completely off of my income, like ETH income. Mm -hmm. I don't have any other income, nothing like that. This is, this is me. So like I, sometimes you just gotta do what you gotta do. And, um, I don't know. (laughs) It is what it is. Like I've made, I've had to make business decisions instead of like, you know, art decisions or stuff like that. Absolutely. To get the sale just so I can eat, you know? So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, no. So you made a lot of great points earlier when you were talking um, and you have a lot of things that I would like to bridge. So um, when you were talking about your journey as an artist, so you were you not always like good at art? This was something that you dabbled into, you said, was it three years ago? Yeah. Holy shit. So like you, that that's insane because, you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, I mean, I, I fall into the limiting belief too of like, you know, I'm just not an artist. Like I can't like, it's just something that I can't learn. But I mean, from what you're telling me, like, I'm sure there's some natural ability that you possess, but you, you worked your way into that. And that's, that's actually pretty astonishing. And I, and I hope like people listening right now understand that, that you can learn, you can learn a skill and you can learn almost about any skill and art is art is one of those things. And, um, I guess, would you be able to explain the art programs that you use and, you know, how they're beneficial in their ways or, you know, pros and cons for each? Um, yeah, uh, I use ZBrush uh, still to this day. Mm-hmm. That's what I started with. Um, it's where you can take a sphere 
uh, literally like a ball of clay digitally and carve it into whatever you want it to be, like anything. Your imagination is the limit. You just have to learn how to do it. Yeah. There's like a bazillion brushes in there and like you can, <laughs> I mean, you can do anything, you can do anything you want. Like you can put, like you can make hair on in there. You can, you can carve out eyeballs and you can make a bird and half bird, half horse. I mean, you can do anything you want to do. Like you could just carve out stick figures if you wanted to uh, with cylinders. I mean, it's literally the possibilities are like limitless. You can do anything you want. Oh shit, dogs. Uh, so ZBrush, there's that. Uh, you can like you can even bring like base models in from like another. Um, and a lot of artists do this. I don't care what they say. They like go to like websites like Sketchfab and ArtStation, and uh, you know you can you can buy them or you can get them for free as like a base, and then you can bring them into ZBrush and then completely change them into whatever you want it to be. But that base like saves you time. And production and like the companies and stuff, they do this too because no one wants to spend six months carving a human being, like sculpting a human being, like to get it like perfect looking. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody, not me, not anybody. Um, some people do it, but it's going to take you like forever to do that, especially mm -hmm. if it's going to be perfect. Um, so there's like programs like Daz that are free uh, that for you can download. You can like, pose your characters however you want like you can have them flicking you off whatever you want to do uh <laughs> you can animate them right in the program and transfer them in uh so you could have them you know doing the stanky leg if you want to whatever you know <laughs> like you can do whatever you want and then you can bring them into zbrush and you can change their whole face uh and that's usually what i do even with like my characters um that i create i i pose their arms and legs the way i want it to be and then i bring them into zbrush and i cut their heads off and then I put my heads that I create all the time onto them. And then I dynamesh them. No one's going to know what that means. But I dynamesh them in. And then I re-topologize the... Uh, so it's all clean and smooth. And then once I'm done with that and I got them looking the way I want, I just merge them into Cinema 4D. Or as in like other programs would be import. I don't know why they say merge, but it is what it is. <laughs> and then that's where that's where you do all the rest of the stuff. That's where you place them in your scene. You can build your whole scene up. Um, both of the programs are completely different. So like how you move in ZBrush, you will not be able to move in Cinema 4D. So you have gotcha. to learn how to move. You have to learn what the buttons mean, what they do, uh, all that stuff. And then um, there's other like, then there's like rendering software that you can use. So like Octane or Arnold okay. or yeah, cycles, all this stuff. Um, there's a lot, it's a lot, it's a lot, it's a lot of shit. Like it, it is not, it's not easy. It's not going to be easy. No, but you can I, do it. Cause I, did. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. With mindset and you know, anything's possible with, with what you set your mind to, but you're, you're going to have to put in work, going to put in some long nights and some extra hours and that's just that's life you know and i think people sometimes forget that um but back to your programs so do you just do your art digitally or like do you sketch anything out 
Like, mm-hmm. how does your process work from like start to finish? Uh, I get like at this point, I have so many damn ideas all written down in a notebook. Like, I get like ideas from listening to music or um, uh, a lot of psychedelic use. Um, I do a lot of psychedelics, uh, and I get a lot of visions and like the feelings I get from those psychedelic experiences or messages that I receive or something like that. That's where I kind of get my ideas. And then I kind of just, uh, try and create that. Um, I usually start with like a subject I'll, uh, sculpt out. Uh, so I wish I could share screen in here. I'd show you I just did one last night or you can, look at it on my Twitter, actually guided, uh, just posted it last night. So, um, I just sculpt these things. And then I, uh, once I get my subject done, like I go into cinema 4d and I kind of create this like landscape, uh, that I want the subjects to live in, uh, for the art piece. Um, but no, I don't do any physical sketching. I can't draw with a shit. Like you don't, yeah, (laughs) me too. You don't want to see that. (laughs) (laughs) it's bad it's real bad uh but no i don't draw or anything like that i literally just sculpt like sometimes i just wake up and i turn on zbrush and i just bring up that sphere or the the head there's like a head in there that they give you automatically and i just sit there and sculpt on it until i make something cool looking or something that fits what i'm trying to do and then i just make make it from there but uh yeah pretty much or I just sit in ZBrush and make weird shit. And right on. Um, Alan later. Yeah. Nice. Uh, if you don't mind me asking for your creative process, I really do. I appreciate you being open about um, your psychedelic use. Uh, would you mind sharing what psychedelics you take when you get into the creative process? If you don't mind me yeah. asking. Yeah. So acid, acid is my go-to. Um, I, uh, well, a little bit of acid's like the base, I guess. And then I, uh, sometimes, uh, it's ketamine also. Um, I really love ketamine just because it just takes you away from every, like dis you know, it's a dissociative. So kind of like, takes you away from wherever you're at i can't even make art on it like once it you know when it hits it's like well (laughs) i can't do anything that i want to do right now so i'll just wait uh but uh acid uh makes me focus like hardcore um interesting like i don't like i don't like melt into the walls or like my monitors aren't like melting into the desk or like floating away and Uh, That does not happen. Even when I take high doses of uh, LSD, that does not happen to me. Um, I just like, I think from a different, uh, like a different place and like things flow differently for me. Like my whole art flow is different. And it's like, it's like, I guess like a path that I'm supposed to be on, like when I'm creating. I mean, eventually, yes, the, the polygons, like, start breathing at me and stuff (laughs) like sometimes when i create something that just like blows my mind i i need somebody to be like like yo does it really look like this (laughs) and they're like what do you mean (laughs) because if they're not on it they don't know (laughs) they don't know what i'm thinking you know right Um, the art's talking to me 
literally like i don't know if what i'm seeing is true at you know at some point you know once you get up there in the doses so uh um i've created some really badass pieces on acid though um and those have all sold this year uh i do dabble with mushrooms uh but i don't um i don't like microdose them or anything like that and I don't, uh, I haven't taken them in a while because the last time I took them, I took a lot. I took like a whole quarter. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it was, uh, <laughs> it was a great experience. Um, and I enjoyed it, but I can't create on it like that. Mm-hmm. Like I'm in a different world. Um, like, you know, I don't know if you use either one of those, but like for me, mushrooms, like, when you take it, it like ramps up and then it plateaus and then it drops off pretty quickly. Right. Whereas with acid, it's like up, down, up, down, up, down. So like, you don't know if you're tripping or, you know, when you're tripping, but then you like, you could blink your eyes and you're not tripping anymore. And you're like, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like you, you, you can control it more, I think. But whereas like mushrooms, you're just like, oh shit (laughs) it's just like constant and then it just drops off and you fall asleep um so uh it's harder for me to create on that but um uh, on acid like i'll be like i'll be on acid i'll be waiting for it to kick in i'll hit a bump of k chill for a bit creating creating and then like i'll even hit like dmt like not to like get like blasted off on dmt but like just to feel the hug from like the int like that fuzzy I don't know if you've ever done DMT but you get like a, a like a spiritual hug. Uh, yeah, no, it's dope. Yeah, so I'll just kind of like bounce around in between uh, on that, and uh, I can just create things. I don't know. A lot of people are like, I don't know how you create on acid, and I'm like, I don't know either, but it works for me. So, yeah, that's profound. Holy cow! Respect to you. Um, so I was, I was sick when I was a, when I was a kid and I'd go like get treatments and stuff. And, uh, so I was put out with ketamine actually, which is, uh, kind of funny to think about, you know, being a seven year old, you know, tripping on ketamine as I'm getting these treatments done. And I was getting these like, you know, once every other month or once every three months or something like that. So, you know taking ketamine trips like once every couple of months as a seven year old, you know, your, your life expands and your mind expands, you know, pretty rapidly. So my, my mind was, uh, I think a little more developed <laughs> than, than most kids, not from an intellectual standpoint, but from like, a I think a consciousness and awareness standpoint. So mm-hmm. that that's my ketamine experience. Um, I've never done it like recreationally, uh, but it's definitely something that, uh, that would be intriguing. And from a, so so I've never done acid or LSD, but, uh, I've done psilocybin and, uh, from psilocybin, like a macrodose perspective for sure. Um, I've done it more, more with like music, like at concerts and stuff. And you feel great. You feel the music and it's wonderful, but, um, I've done a macrodose in a meditative state and that was really profound and I was able to really release a lot of traumas from my past. So that was like a really profound experience as well. And then I've done it 
on a on a micro dose level where i've mixed the psilocybin with lion's mane and like those like new uh neurotrope or nootropic neurotropic uh mushrooms that you can you know consume uh so that is uh i like that the most when i'm creating because like you have the lion's mane focus and you have the lion's mane like brain rapid fire but then like you drop into the psilocybin like where your mind just it, it, it opens beyond your box and it opens beyond like your circle like that you think reality is like you just you see past reality and like but you also can focus it in on you know what project you're working on whether it's art music you know fashion like whatever you do and i think like i i would recommend it for any creator and i and i appreciate you opening up about it because i do think to tap into that next level which you have done you've experimented with with some of these you know substances uh that most you know society has feared for you know so long and now like you know i know it's kind of getting more opened up but like yeah it's it's profound and uh yeah that that's kind of my little experience with you know kind of the psychedelic realm um i freaking love it like it, it definitely um i definitely think it taps into your your subconscious a lot better and and you can bring out your full creativity because we're programmed, you know, as, as adults, you know, growing up, you know, as kids, we were, we were programmed, you know, with school and like with these things and being able to exercise out of that bound and like kind of connect with your inner child from a holistic standpoint, uh, I think is just a, it's a powerful thing. And it sounds like you've mastered that pretty well uh with with your artwork and i think that's and i can see it from you know what i've looked at on your website which is uh really cool it's just really cool to see cool yeah uh yeah like i I, when i was younger i guess like in my like teens and like early 20s that's when like the recreational shit happened but like i think like now when i do it there's like purpose like there's intent behind like why I'm doing it, like how much I'm doing yeah. and what I'm trying to accomplish. And, uh, um, it's just like a, it's a part of my art, but there's, there's like a lot of, um, visionary artists that don't use, uh, psychedelics anymore or, uh, don't use them to make their art. Like I don't need them to make my art. I haven't done anything since May. Um, but in May, I, <laughs> I went on a, a real, a real psychedelic journey. Uh, lots of heroic dosages. <laughs> I feel it was a good time. I feel that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you don't need it. I mean, you, through meditation and breath work and stuff like that, like you can achieve some of those things. Um, you know, if you get good at it. Um, I meditate a little bit, but probably not as much as I should. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd rather just take the easy way to get there, you know? <laughs> I mean, I'll blame you. I meditate every day, and um, uh, it definitely brings me a, a sense of purpose and a sense of peace, which um, I think in turn generates my collective ideas to uh, come to fruition. And no, you definitely don't have to take no. And I don't. Yeah, and I don't like think that everybody should be doing or listening to me and be like, I'm not, I'm not condoning the use of these psychedelics, but 
no. I'm just telling you that I I do them. Uh, yeah. And it's just way. like your perspective and like you've had yeah. good experiences with it and, and, and some people definitely have not had good experiences with it. And, definitely. you know, that, that, you know, it's just, uh, it's all about perspective um, and just sharing like your personal story, uh, I think is, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, and I think it's very uh, insightful, you know, and, and, and to be honest with you, you don't, you don't have to take you know, psychedelics every time to create, you know, it's just like when you kind of first start or like you open your mind to it and then like you successfully have your intentions and you tap into that and like you tap into your heart and then you tap into your, your spirit and your soul. Um, that's, that's where you create your best work. And like you've from just even talking to you, like it just sounds like you've done that. Like you've tapped in inward and yeah. you know you you expressed your inward thoughts and your inward emotions and your inward spirit uh on you know the screen you know i would say on paper but i guess digital so on screen and mm. uh i think i think that's just you know that's i think that's what people truly want and like you've had success doing it too which i think is also another learning point of this episode specifically with you and your teaching is full belief in yourself and fully tapping into your thoughts and emotions when you're when you're creating and then knowing that if it resonates with people it'll resonate and if it doesn't like that's okay like next you know the next person it'll resonate yeah. with and like that's why you've had so much success and you're not even trying so hard to sell which i think is even more incredible because most people trying to sell their nfts they always you know send out dms and they're always you know trying to follow you know all these people and you know all these things and like your marketing strategy is like i'm just i'm just here creating if you like it you like it if you don't you don't and it's just it's worked and that's just but like, cool. I mean, I do like a lot of retweet stuff and like, uh, you know, like, <clears throat> like building a community around you, um, of like, like-minded individuals. Like we're all trying to, you know, do the same thing, like retweeting. Like I, I just, I, the retweeting thing is probably the most important thing you can do for anybody. And it's fucking free. Like yeah. it's free. And the, a lot of like the, the artists that are, uh, uh, so I like I break people down in the space. I have like categories. So there's like the blue chip artists, you know, the ones that have made it, you know, like a yeah. people or <laughs> like uh, I don't want to name drop too many people just because like I don't <laughs> I just don't want to deal with it uh, anything yeah. from them or, or not that I talk to them or anything like that, but uh, <clears throat> but like the upper echelon fucking artists that have yeah. that make twenty five to thirty ETH every art piece right <laughs> yeah they don't they don't uh they don't retweet others uh or they do and it's like oh. a very select few um and wow. like i don't understand that because like when we all started here back in <clears throat> 2020 uh you know it was all about like lifting everybody up and like if i make it you make it you know like let's let's you know let's if I make a little bit, you know, I'm going to come support you. I'm going to bring you up to there that point, you know, too. So like, I've always like 
thought of it in that that way like even now still i'm still like that um but some of these um artists they don't they don't do that uh and if you pay attention enough you'll see you can see their patterns and how they tweet and stuff like that and you know sometimes i look at it and i'm like maybe they have social media managers and maybe they have their own like like tweet process maybe and that's okay. why they don't do it <clears throat> i don't know because i it's you know i can't reach out and talk to somebody like that you know they're not there <laughs> right no yeah. gonna, no chance they'll follow you <laughs> right yeah uh, but um they just it's like you if i have to ask somebody to retweet something for me it bothers me like i don't want to do that yeah at all yeah like it's the last thing i want to do um but if people could just do it naturally <laughs> that would be awesome but sometimes they don't and you know i receive a lot of dms with people like hey <coughs> can you retweet this and like if i know them and like i talk to them on a daily basis or something like I'll do it, but I bitch about it when I do it. <laughs> Just Let them like, know. I don't do that to you. Like, stop doing it to me, you know? Let them know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I don't mind doing it, but I'm going to bitch about it. Uh, and then, <laughs> yeah, uh, when people, like, shill me in their DM, in the DMs, I hate that. Or when they DM in my tweet, like, like if I have a pinned tweet and it's a sales post and they shill their shit on yeah. my sales post oh like it is it is easier for me to block you than ripping you apart in the post because but i don't block people normally so i do rip them apart in the post like yo like can you do this somewhere else like not here like it's rude as fuck like take your shit somewhere else this is my post <laughs> like it's like basically like them trying to feed off your engagement uh yeah it's trashy to me and I don't like it. <laughs> so I don't yeah. let people know. Um, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, you know, I have like a community of friends and, you know, we, we have like a discord and we'll post our sales posts in there and everybody will rate it. Like they'll retweet it. Um, and we just do the same for each other and we just constantly retweet because that like helps with engagement. Um, but I don't know. Twitter, Twitter is just a beast on itself, like engaging all day long. Like I put like 70 hours a week into Twitter. What do you, yeah. So what's your favorite social media platform to use? Is it, would it be Twitter? None of them. <laughs> <laughs> do away uh, with it all. <laughs> uh, I spend all my time on Twitter for the most part. Um, I hide on Facebook because half the people that I deal with on a daily basis on Twitter are not on Facebook and all my like friends and family and stuff are on Facebook. So I'll hide over there sometimes or Instagram. Um, but I do most of my everything on Twitter. Like I have like a whole like routine every day. It's the same shit. Um, it's not the same shit like what I'm posting, but how I do it and how I post, it's the same thing. And it works for my engagement. It keeps my engagement up. But if you miss a day, one day on Twitter, everything that you've been building is gone. And then you have to, like, start over and, you know, get that engagement back. Um, 
So, but I think, I don't know. I guess that's how I sell. I'm just like active. Um, yeah. and I have been active for two years on here. So constant and never left. <clears throat> I've been all gas, no breaks and it's exhausting. I mean, being sold out now, I'm like, can I take a break? Yeah, no, <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> but no, uh, no, you can't. Um, but I don't know. I just treat it like, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't, I don't have like a for sure answer on how I sell my art or how I market myself, but I just spend a lot of time with the community, um, with other artists and I try to engage with their posts and sharing and just doing like doing for my community, what I want my community to do for me. Basically. It's just like a sharing thing, I guess. I share mm-hmm. the same space with you. You share the same space with me. I'm going to help you get where you need to go. You help me get where I need to go and let's all do this together. And that's like kind of what it was when I first started here. Um, now like the blue chip and then there's the cherry picked, uh, they don't really, uh, help, uh, with any of that, but, uh, that's okay. Cause, um, the, uh, the rest of us, the other, uh, 90%, um, if we can all band together and, uh, continue what we were taught in the beginning i think that we can all get to that point but when you when like even if i get there right like i become one of these blue chip artists right i'm selling for 20th like i can't sit here and not buy art like i can't do it i've tried Mm. i can't do it yeah every time i sell a piece i always buy something always i can't help it like it's like oh I got this. I can afford this. I'm going to try this. And then like just recently I fucking, I bought so much art. (laughs) I bought so much art, uh, and not cheap stuff either. Nope. Mm -mm. (laughs) It wasn't cheap. Uh, but, uh, it's like an addiction almost to give back, you know, like, like you see the same people every day on here trying to sell and like, you don't know what, where they're at and if i got it i'm gonna do it like i can't help it especially if it's dope if it's dope it's it's mine and i like i the back in like 2021 i don't know how long you've been in the space but back then like during the bull there's like big wars and shit like that shit yeah. so much fun to me it's like playing battleship with your best friend when you're a kid yeah with money yeah <laughs> yeah with, then, with money and then on Twitter with, inter- with internet on, money. Yeah, on Twitter you can like talk shit with gifts. <laughs> like that shit is fucking fun to me. So I always if I can afford to do it, I do it. It's just fun and it's good for the artist to like feel that and like because I felt it, so I want them to feel it, you know, like that bid war feeling or like your price going up. Uh I don't know, all that. It's just fun. Yeah. So I guess like a bridging question when, when you're looking at selling your, like not even like your first NFT, but just like your NFTs in general, when, when should you like auction versus when you should just like straight up sell it or like straight up minute? So it depends on the platform you're on, obviously, because uh, mm-hmm. you can't do an open auction on any platform except for super rare. Uh, mm. Like super, I can just mint it. I don't have to put a list price. I don't have to put anything. I can just mint it. And then, you know, it goes on to their marketplace 
and when they're when collectors are browsing they can just click on it if they like it they can slap a bit in there you can like in the back end on super rare i can put a minimum like you can't bid like 0.00001 or something like that like you have to bid like a minimum of one ETH. Mm-hmm. but you don't even have to do that like i can just leave it at zero and you can just you know bid whatever you want to bid um and then like foundation you have to do buy now and a reserve and or one or the other you know so it depends on the platform uh how you want to how you do it um and we have manifold now too which is really awesome so you can really uh do whatever the hell you want really on your own contract <clears throat> so that's really tight actually um but before that you didn't have those options so um for me on super rare i always mint and i leave it for like a week like no price no nothing just to see where the market's at mm-hmm. if i don't get any uh action um i will put it on a reserve auction and the reason why I do that is because it bumps it to the top of the marketplace again. Oh, then, okay, okay. Yeah, so that's a little insider for anybody, <laughs> if you didn't know that. But it does pop you to the top of the marketplace again um, because it was an action that you did. And then uh, it has a price. So now when the collector sees it, now they see about where you want it to be. And then with reserve, uh, the 24-hour reserve, that collector, if they bid the reserve, they're locked in. They can't back out. Uh, they're they're getting the piece unless someone outbids them. Regardless, there's no canceling it. Um, if you put a list price, they can bid under it, like offer lower than your list price, um, but they can also cancel their bid anytime they want. So you could like sit there. That that's when the real game happens because you're playing a game at this point. They'll they'll throw an offer in and you're like, it's kind of low. Yeah. But I do need the sale because I need to pay my car payment. But at the same time, can I get more? So then you wait. And then 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 you start questioning yourself if you're like being greedy. And there's like all these like motions that run through your head while you're waiting. And then you'll you'll sleep on it. You'll wake up the next day and the bid's gone. Now you don't have a sale. You have nothing. It's just your RP sitting there again. So there's like some games with that, but I'd say the majority of the people, they, they have that reserve option that they have to run with, uh, and whatever price, um, value they're at, uh, that's what they do. But, uh, yeah, I, I, that's how I do it. And then if it doesn't sell at the reserve, I'll, I'll remove the reserve and then I'll put a list price up that again, bumps it to the top of the marketplace. And then if that doesn't work, I just, I repeat the cycle over and over, but either way I'm bumping the art piece back up to the top so that anybody can see it at any time. If you don't do anything, eventually your art piece will be on like the 12th page. No one's ever going to see it. You're relying on all your retweets and anybody retweeting it. Then you got all these shill threads that are like, will drive you absolutely psycho. Like you're just constantly putting these art pieces and shill threads over and over and over. And the same people are usually retweeting it. The person who does the shill thread normally doesn't retweet it. Uh, unless they're like the good ones, the few. Mm-hmm. So you're just constantly in that battle. And I trust me, I've done all that. I did it all year long. I had some 
I didn't have like an easy 2022. I had some rough moments. I mean, really, really rough. I had to get a job at some point during this year just to yeah. pay some bills because I was fucked, basically. So it's it's yeah. not like it's not like a dream come true, but if you change your life a little bit uh, and like to not have to go to work for somebody that like, that's awesome. Even if you have to go back for like a month, it's nothing. Right. You can go back and forth, you know, as much as you need. But I think that if you could do it the, the best way to do this, I guess, in the transition is work and save as much money as you can before you just like throw yourself into web three full time because yeah there's moments where shit just don't work it don't work i mean there's moments there's some people that just don't sell anything period Mm -hmm. i see it all the time i see the same people they just they and they they keep minting and they got this giant portfolio of mints and it's just never set nothing. They've never sold anything, but they keep at it every single day. And like some of it, like when I see it, I'm like, stop minting. Like in my head, like stop, stop minting so much. Like keep one up. Like don't keep fucking blasting the shit out thinking something's going to happen. Something's going to change. It's not going to change. You're not doing something right somewhere else. Like, but I try to help those people too. Uh, and, and if I like the art, I'll collect it and give them their first sale. Um, just because I watched them for months and months, never give up. Like, cause you can quit. I mean, there's so many people that are gone. They're not even here anymore. Uh, cause they just couldn't handle it or it didn't work or whatever. But the people who like keep going that like interest me because I'm that person. I refuse to quit. Yeah. Me too. I mean, I'm embarking on a business that uh, it's it's very new. It's a very new concept. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's full faith, and you always got to have, I guess, something in your back pocket to make sure you're, you know, safe and secure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't do that. I didn't. I gave the advice because I wish I would have done it that way. But I yeah, didn't. I just no, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I said, fuck it. Yeah. Well, uh, it takes a lot of courage to do that. Do you think from a perspective of the NFT markets, because you talk about just people who just like mint after mint and building a portfolio and, and things of that nature. Do you think NFTs are going to evolve like past just like really good art? Like, do you think that NFTs are going to have to be attached to, well, I guess not have to. Do you think NFTs being attached to a product or service will um, add more value to their initial sales for creators? Um, no. Uh, and I don't think that it's about the art uh, here either. Anymore. Okay. Um, I mean, in the beginning, maybe it was about the art. And maybe there are a few collectors that are about the art only. Right. But I think it's about the artist and the person behind the art and value that they created. Um, and uh, like, 
the that's I mean for like artist artist like that's the like we are the utility, um like for the first time ever, <clears throat> can you buy a piece of art, and shoot the shit with them on Twitter, like <laughs> like your homies like yeah yeah, yeah, like yeah. your friends you know <laughs> like uh you couldn't you couldn't do that in the past ever and um and we we are creating value while you sleep like the collectors can go to bed at night knowing that we're never going to stop we're going to keep growing and keep building and keep meeting other people and networking and innovating our process our mint process our strategies all these things while they're at the sleep you know mm-hmm. they bought a piece for one eighth and then five years later now that one eighth piece is worth 25 30 ETH. like because we're not going to stop we're going to keep going you know mm-hmm. um so I think that we're like the the major utility there, uh, like creating a product or attaching. I mean, yes, those things are going to happen with NFTs. Uh, in the art part of it, mm, no, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, we can create those things for these companies, obviously, but that's kind of brings us back to like what most digital artists were doing in the first place. Like, we had clients, we did commissions, we created products for these companies. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know the, your, your main question though was, uh, can you repeat it again though? Like, uh, like the, like do you based think, on utilities or. Yeah. Do you think entities will evolve to where our sales is going to be based on utility or value, uh, presented by like a product or a service or an exclusive, I mean, communities already, uh, in, in my opinion, the, the biggest component. Um, but do you think that is, you know, in order for you to, people to be able to sell NFTs, they're going to attach a product or service to it uh, for success and not just sell artwork or just like sell like a profile picture? No, uh, I don't, I don't think, I, the only reason why I say no is because like a lot of collectors now, like they don't want anything physical. They don't want it nothing mm-hmm. physical like i try to offer stuff with my art like you just bought my art piece for six grand like do you want a print do you want a canvas of it do you want any of these things i would send them for free and they're like no i just want the digital like they're they're all about this <clears throat> digital trading where they don't have to have anything physically like attached to it they don't have to take care of nothing it's all there it's you know they they have it in their curated little uh, galleries that they make online, you know, whatever it is in the metaverse or whatever. Uh, but like some of these like PFP projects, um, I don't even think they have to have anything like an actual like product that you have to hold in your hand. Like, I don't, I think that maybe there will be some that come out that are like that uh, possibly. And I think that NFTs will also, uh, you know, like for government stuff, like, you know, all these like paper things that we have, like birth certificates and uh, um, social security cards and all that, all that stuff that you like have to safeguard. I think that that will all become digital uh, through NFTs, uh, mortgage loan, like all that stuff, uh, uh, marriage license, stuff like that, like all that stuff that's like paper that you can't lose or whatever. Yeah, I think that will all become services of NFT, like with NFT technology and stuff. 
but I don't think uh, this, what we're doing right now will, will change. I think it will get crazier. Like as technology moves on, like the art will get way more uh, immersive and um, interactive uh, that's mm-hmm. coming. And then, you know, with music and photography and all these things that are starting right. to like spoken word and uh, you know, it's just gonna, <clears throat> it's gonna evolve for sure. But I don't think you're going to get away from this PFP or your profile picture costing you six grand or 10 grand, (laughs) 30 grand. It's not going to stop. It's going to keep going. Uh, So hopefully that answered your question. I I think that those things that you said, they will happen, but it's not going to like, it's just going to be an an additional thing that's going to happen. Okay. No, absolutely. Um, Because I know like the Utes, which... Oh, that's a, that's a shame what happened to them. But um, I know the Utes, they were sending out like hoodies and, and kind of like, you know, physical merchandise, like fashion wear. Um, so I was just thinking, you know, is there is there going to be more of those where that can add, you know, certain value? I, I feel like maybe more for certain communities like the sneakerheads or you know those those people that are obsessed with like merch and and fashion i definitely i think there's a bridge there um but like you've made a great point some people don't want um anything like physical yeah well then also because they a lot of them like to remain anonymous also you know it's like the point this like there's no name attached to this wallet that has 300 million in it, you know, like, (laughs) hopefully not, (laughs) but yeah, exactly. uh, Yeah. So, I mean, like the project that I work with, uh, I'm the artist for Supreme Kong. They, um, they want to do merch too, you know, like, cause some holders, they want like hoodies and they want like, you know, uh, something, uh, t-shirts or we make jokes all the time because I made a, uh, a uh, art project for them called the Supreme Bananas. So I made like Supreme Banana Boxers, like a template. And everyone's like, yeah, I want a Supreme Banana Boxers, you know? So like there, there are some people that want stuff like that. And you know, like these, these PFP, the NFT PFP projects, they're like startup companies, basically all of them. Uh, um, So, you know, they like Supreme Kong, they have like councils. So like, community members become a part of different council councils and some of the councils like run stuff like that merchandise or in real life meetups or um you know whatever so the the community kind of decides what they uh what they do but um some people do like that stuff um they do a bunch of other stuff though too for like utility like alpha plays like because you are a holder like you get like info before mainstream gets the info that this project's about to you know drop this and they get in and then you make some money back and then they got like a a digital staking uh website um so you like mint all your assets and then you stake them and then you accrue like a token that you can buy other stuff in a marketplace like other nfts with this token and then you can just post them on OpenSea and sell them for eth or solano so you technically like make your money back i don't know it's really cool like a little gaming aspect i guess to it so each project's different though. They all have their own little utilities and things that they do. And, um, some of them don't ever happen and (laughs) some do happen. And then I don't know. 
this is like my first PFP project that I've ever done. So it's a lot of work <laughs> for an artist, but um, it can be worth it. So yeah, hopefully. absolutely. Yeah. But, nice. Yeah. Um, before signing off, we've had a great, wow. It's been a great hour. Um, what would you tell people? So like, let's say we got listeners on here that are wanting to dabble into NFTs from like a creator standpoint, but they just like, they don't know where to begin. What, what would you say lane? Where should, where should step? one or, or step zero be for these people in terms of don't be afraid you can do this but start here yeah um man it's not quite like it was when i started so and it's uh it's hard to like point people like i can't tell you to go straight to google and type in nft and put a question mark behind it and just go down the rabbit hole because there's a lot of misguided information there as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I can't tell you to go to YouTube to learn about NFTs because it's the same thing. You know, like a lot of us in the beginning, we sat in clubhouse rooms uh, and learned what they were, how it worked, strategies. You know, we got to know other players in the game. And uh, I guess so, like now. Oof. I don't know. Uh, Twitter spaces, you can find good information, but you, I mean, it's the same information that you would get from like a Google or YouTube. So like go, go in and listen to what is being said, but like take it with a grain of salt, like, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and like, <clears throat> damn, <clears throat> talk too much already. Um, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> just, um, Take it slow. Like, there's no rush here. Like, you're not late. Right. You're still really, really early. I mean, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, really early, really early. Like, it's. There was a, a friend of mine. She, it was, this was a while ago, but I haven't got like an update anytime soon. But it was like one weekend, like two months ago. There was only like 50,000 wallets active, like trading NFTs. 50,000 there's like 8 billion people right like nobody knows about this shit yet nobody yeah nobody I mean we're selling 10,000 NFTs like and that's hard <laughs> it's only 10,000 of them that ain't shit <laughs> like yeah exactly <laughs> it's not shit I mean Trump sold 45,000 of them it's Trump but whatever you know like at 100 bucks a piece and 45,000 ain't shit either, really. I mean, yeah. in the grand, like if you look at it in the big picture, like we're really, really early. Yes, we are. We went through a bull market. Yes, there were some crazy sales. Yes, people sold for millions of dollars. But not everybody did. And uh, not, you know, like pe most people weren't even selling for $20,000. Like it's very few people. It's still like, it's just like the really, really beginning. Um, so I would like, I would get into like some of these Twitter spaces, you know, find like like-minded individuals who, you know, talk and, you know, take action in a space that like, uh, something you agree with, uh, and latch onto it. And then, um, I would look up like 
you got to get a wallet regardless. Like you got to get a your MetaMask. Uh, you got to You have to get some kind of centralized uh, thing like Coinbase or KuCoin or Binance or whatever it is. Uh, if mm-hmm. you ever plan on uh, one buying some ETH or Bitcoin and all that stuff uh, to get it into your MetaMask. So you have to have one of those. Um, you need a ledger, uh, straight off the jump. I think that's one of the smartest things you can do is get a ledger, Mm -hmm. uh, keeps all your stuff safe and, uh, don't be, don't click on a bunch of links and shit. Like, like if like common sense is a big thing here, like (laughs) something, if something seems too good to be true. It probably is. is. It <laughs> is. Like, it just is. Like, no one's just giving away free shit. It doesn't work that I mean, they do during the holidays, if you know the right people. But, like, but anything that's going to, like, make you rich, nah. They're not giving you that for free. Like, it's not yeah. happening. And, like, I went the majority of my career without a ledger, which is not safe. But oh, man. I, don't, I don't click on links. I don't do that shit. Like, I don't... I'm not degenning at three o'clock in the morning buying like a penguin with a furry cap and a thing hoping to make like $50 the next day. Like that's not me. It's not my thing. So mm-hmm. you just got to be, be careful. Be sl- like, take your fucking time. Don't rush into shit. Uh, don't click links, especially ones that end up in your DM. Uh, I, you know, like if you can turn your DMS off to people you follow. Uh, it, uh, I do that. I don't, uh, I'm sure even when you messaged me, you couldn't like get a hold of me until I followed you back. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't leave my shit open. I don't like, uh, random people in my DMS just for a safety thing. You know, does it like limit my sales power? Maybe, but <laughs> you're clearly doing well without like, you're clearly doing well already. So, you know, whatever you're doing is, is working and you're only going to keep adapting. So, you know, it's just, yeah. I mean, I'm not like, I'm not super successful though. Like, I don't want people to think that I'm like over here killing it. I mean, I, I, I'm doing well, but I'm not like, uh, I'm not like a Beeple or a fuck render or anybody like that. I just, I set, I set, I set small goals and I make them happen no matter what it takes. But that's the first step. Yeah. And that's, and that's what you're doing. Um, which most people can't even get out of. I got to work two jobs or, or three jobs um, to 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 be able to express my art, you know, on whatever scale that is. And especially with people that don't know NFTs or the capabilities of NFTs. Um, and and you're yeah, you're not a people, but you were able to transcend your environment by your your artwork and through your nfts and yeah you said you had a rough year this year too and i mean everyone else did you know and look at look at how many big names and how many billionaires lost the billionaire status or how many millionaires you know lost the millionaire status you know so i mean everyone was losing at this point this year so like yeah yeah i wouldn't even strung up on that you know but i think your story um is definitely something that you know people can can chew on and, and and try to you know do the research but in the correct manner and i think uh you given the realistic perspective i appreciate as well because 
yeah, it's not sunshine and rainbows and it's not, you know, getting rich very quickly. It takes a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of research. So, um, I appreciate um, you and your transparency. If you're new now, this, this, uh, there's a, um, there's a username on Twitter. His name is NFT freaks. He, uh, he's real. Like he's realistic and he's, he's, he's a little aggro, like, but he's just Mm -hmm. passionate about what he's talking about. And he really believes it. Uh, he does these spaces and he, he like breaks it down for you, like, like marketing and like how, like strategy, like how you should move in this space. And like, I follow him closely. He's one of my friends now. Like, I, um, earlier this year, I, I stumbled into one of his spaces and I was like, who is this guy? Cause he's loud, you know, and he doesn't let any, he's, he usually runs the space. Like it's just him on there. Like he doesn't let anybody come up and speak. Um, and he just like tells you what he thinks and you can either apply it or you can just, you know, be in there to get the perspective or whatever. Um, but it works, uh, how he runs things. And I've adopted a lot of his ways. Um, just like constantly being active on Twitter. Like if you don't have a Twitter, like you're not making it an NFT because that's where they're all at. That's where everything is, is on Twitter, Instagram. I've had like one sale from Instagram. There's one collector and he refuses to get a Twitter. That's, that's it. Uh, Reddit. I have no fucking idea. Facebook. Definitely not. <laughs> like, it's not coming from Facebook. Like you want to do like merch, you want to do prints, you want to do stuff like that. Like you can get that from Facebook. Uh, like those kind of sales, maybe, maybe, uh, I'm not guaranteeing anything from that, but Twitter is where you got to get all your NFT stuff. Uh, it's where the whole, everything is. So uh, NFT freaks is a good, good person to listen to. Um, you might not like him, uh, but he don't give a fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, some people don't like him. Uh, they don't like the way he does things, but <laughs> we don't give a fuck. <laughs> I like it. Uh, he's actually a really nice guy, really funny guy, um, personal friend of mine now. Um, and I've adopted some of his strategies and they do work. And I, I meant low and slow. I meant collector by collector. I, you will not see me have multiple pieces available at one time. I won't do it because it it's, it doesn't look good. One, uh, it, it makes too many people question why. Like, why do you have three available? What's wrong with one of these? Why? How come no one's collected it? You know, mm-hmm. but if you only have yeah. one available, then they're like, all right, he has one available, but he sold twenty five others at any the price, the value is at it's average all the way across the board it's it's there's a flow there you know they're more likely to buy that one piece because there's only one left then if you have 25 pieces no sales you have all these pieces out and nobody wants any of them why how, how are you going to have 300 retweets on this tweet and not one person's bought one, anything for even 30 dollars right so like strategies everything here and how you do it and if you say you're going to do something you stick to it like don't switch it up and don't bury if you do sell something don't sell for less like keep it you know value your work um so i don't know there's definitely a a a way that i do things but it's it's just not realized like uh like set in stone i i bob and weave in this space just like everybody else and you just gotta 
kind of have to make it work for you, I guess. Yeah. But Freaks is a good resource, so definitely tap in if you haven't. All right. Dope. Um, do you have anything else you wanted to share for the uh, the group, the collective? Uh, not really. If you don't have any other questions, I don't know. I'm just chilling. I don't. I don't have any more art to put out. I don't know. That's a weird. That's a weird thing all in itself. Because I don't know what to do with myself now. I'm like, I don't want to mint anything. Like, I could make an art piece and mint it, but well, <laughs> I don't want to do that. Uh, but then again, it also feels weird to be on Twitter and not have that. Like, I gotta do. Like, I got. I have to do something. You know, I don't yeah. have to do anything right now. I'm like trying no. to stay away from Twitter because I don't want to buy anything. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I yeah. Like, I made like the biggest purchase um, I've ever done <clears throat> recently with uh, Glass Crane because he like if it weren't for him like I wouldn't I wouldn't be here I wouldn't be doing any of this. Uh, so I I thought it was like really like um, like giving i don't even know what it is but i went on super rare i seen one of his pieces and i bid three eth on it because that's what he sells for normally and it was my first piece i've ever collected on super rare and he was like the person who got me in here so i just like felt like something like i needed to do or i wanted to do um but i did it and uh that's like crazy to me but now i'm like oh no more i don't want to spend any more money I don't want to buy any more art. I already, like, I got all these, like, badass, like, artists that meant like me, like, who meant low and, or not low, like, low pricing, but, like, they don't mint a lot, and they they, uh, they do it one by one. So I got, like, a, a bunch of good one-on-one artists, uh, people that are, like, I think, you know, five years from now, we're all going to be on a TED Talk, like, shooting spitballs at each other, like, friends, you know, from this space. Uh got a lot of their earlier artworks just it's a cool thing so uh yeah i don't know i'm chilling i got i'm going camping for new Year's, so um that'll be my little break you got plans for new year's uh really good question uh (laughs) (laughs) i haven't what did i do last year oh did i go to a rave i went to a rave last year that was fun um no, nah, I mean, actually, it's funny. I need to go talk with uh, my siblings a- after uh, this interview about that. So, great question. <laughs> I don't know. Do you yet. do like music festivals and stuff a lot? Uh, yeah, it's been it's been a little bit since I've gone to a music festival festival. Um, but I do go to EDM shows a lot. I do enjoy um, I enjoy a lot of EDM music, whether it's like bass or house or uh, Euphoria is one that I'm trying to get into more um i used to do bass like crazy and now i'm just like i don't want some a little gentler <laughs> a little something bass like artist i guess uh so my favorite so i mean oh i've seen excision um That's i've seen <laughs> yeah That's, uh subtronics yeah subtronics slander um btsm black tiger black tiger sex machine they're they're honestly one of my favorites uh their visuals are just out of this world and they just like have like a whole storyline like their whole like set is just like a 
a story like out of a movie or a video game it's 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 really cool um so yeah like excision subtronics btsm um slander and uh i mean would nightmare be i feel like nightmare is kind of a mix of like euphoria yeah and then like maybe a little bit of bass but more euphoria yeah so are you into the wookie the wookie wook stuff like the real like trippy psychedelic bass scene oh yeah yeah yeah. uh oh wait i've seen like uh wooly too he's good i like wooly um god there's so many that i've seen actually and it's just like trying to remember all the things i've i've done i've done like technically two music festivals but i'm trying to do more that's what i'm trying to do this year yeah i went to some in like 2021 but i haven't done i didn't do much in 2022 but I'm actually trying to like perform like I want to do the visuals uh, for these sets for like anybody and everybody I can really but um, I haven't been to get into that scene so I'm gonna try and uh, do that this year 2023 so VJing is what it's called that's next to bring myself away from web3 a little bit uh, and get into the IRL scene so then it's like free music festivals at that point, you know, dude. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> sick. Yeah. You, you got to keep me updated on that. Cause uh, I love that shit. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a bunch of them like resonance and like Jim and jam in Arizona and then uh-huh. Sonic bloom in Denver and uh, fire lights in PA. And then they got a, they got a bunch of different plates. Like, that's what like glass crane does. Like he's a VJ, like, he sells NFTs here, yes, but he's more on the IRL side, like touring with these music uh, producers and just slapping his animations up on these big ass LED walls. And, you know, the crowd is on something probably and jamming to their like favorite shit and then getting absolutely melted by the LED wall because the trippiest animations are just yeah slapping you around. So that's like cool shit to me like i want to do that so i'm just i feel like i'm established here where i want to be now that i can now i can branch out a little bit and then bring it all back one big round sphere of lane uh yeah so yeah i like that that's a gem Mm -hmm. to to keep it well-rounded in real life and also keeping a digital presence i think that I think that was a very uh, profound statement uh, that you just made. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I better see you at Base Canyon. That's where I want to see you. That's yeah. that's all uh, I know. One day. I want to go anywhere. I don't care where it is. Uh, I just got to learn how to do that proper. I can do it, but I'm not like, I've never done it live. So to like, ugh, that's nerve wracking. <laughs> like thinking about like manipulating my animations in front of like 10,000 people what (laughs) that would be i would need drugs for that probably Uh, (laughs) probably not that i'd probably want to be sober for that because i'd be nerve nervous as shit but um yeah yeah definitely i'll uh, i'll keep in touch with you and uh when i do do any of those things or uh whatever we'll try and link in the irl yes sir no that sounds wonderful i appreciate your conversation today it was very enlightening, very fruitful, not just for, 
I think the audience would, uh, for myself, selfishly put, um, yeah, you're a good, you're a good dude, and I just really appreciate connecting with you, and uh, excited to uh, grow in in this space with you, and and hopefully just cross paths with cross paths with you. For sure, man. Yeah, if you ever have any questions, or even anybody that listens in on this, and you follow me on Twitter, like, if you need something, don't don't hesitate to reach out because like when I started, I had tons of questions and I didn't hesitate to reach out and ask for help. And I don't think that I would be half of where I am today without that. So even you, like you got a question, hit me up in my DMs, ask me, I'll help you the best of my ability. And if I don't know, I pretty sure that I can find someone to help you or point you in the right direction. So, um, and that's how we all can, uh, move forward in this space i don't want to say that bullshit we're all gonna make it because we're not all gonna make it but <laughs> but we could we could we could we could we could so i appreciate you uh having me on here and uh taking your time out of your day to do this and uh yeah, yeah. look forward to crossing those paths yeah thank you lane appreciate you man